Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we are so thankful and excited you joined us for worship today. Now, if you're newer here, we don't want anybody to feel like just a number. So in the seat in front of you, there is a blue connection card. Please consider filling it out and dropping it in the giving boxes on the way out today. Or if you want to do a digital version, you can go to faithbrook.church connect. What you can expect is somebody from church will reach out to you to get to know you a little bit better and so you can get to know the church a little bit better too. At Faithbrook, our mission is to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And we are so excited that we're going to have the opportunity to do that for even more people starting next weekend as we launch our two identical services. There's going to be one at 9 and one at 1030. It's going to be the same community, the same childcare opportunities, and the same delicious coffee. Now, we know it's going to be a little bit of a change, but we are so excited to be able to make room for additional folks attending our church. Also next week, we're going to have baptisms after each service. Well, in just a second, we're going to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, Stories. Well, happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, aren't you glad that uh, we get 100 degree weather next couple of days? Uh, we're leaving the summer with a bang. I just want to welcome you to Faithbrook today, and maybe you're watching online. Thanks for worshiping with us digitally. I have a question for you. I've got a couple of questions. The big question would be, uh, can you identify someone in your life that was a major influence for your success? If you have any success in your life, who is, who is someone in your life that really built into your life? Uh, gave you some advice, modeled for you, and you say, you know, this person really influenced me. Maybe it, it was your parent or a relative or a professor, friend, someone. Hey, they, they made an influence. They made a difference in my life. Now, here's another smaller question. Can you think of an incident or an invitation or a piece of advice that changed the course of your life? Someone invited you, someone said you ought to check this out, or, or shared something, and, and next thing you know, you did it, and man, your life has been changed. That's kind of hard to think about or identify, but maybe there are. I can give you an example of my own life, looking back on my life. I was an 11-year-old. I had two older sisters that spoiled me, and my, my parents were Christian people. They had us in a church and they realized that they had some young people that were going to be teenagers. And they're looking at the church they were attending, and they wasn't really sure if it had a healthy teen group. There was some dysfunction going on in the church and stuff. So unbeknownst to me, they were praying and thinking about, well, maybe we need to find a church that has a good youth program. And so they started praying. They started asking around. And there was a neighbor around the corner that knew my parents, I, somehow my parents were talking to him or dad or somebody. And this gentleman invited uh, my parents to check out his church. It was like 20 minutes away. We never heard it before. I wasn't involved with this. I just tagged along. I think my mom went on a reconnaissance mission to see if the church wasn't obnoxious or weird or, or something like that. And uh, she came back and they seemed to be friendly people. They believe in the Bible. And so the next Sunday, uh, they packed us up and we went to church. 
And man, that was a great experience because they invited my sisters to a youth event that Sunday night and they got to go. I was too young. I didn't. But the the pastor seemed to, to like our family and shared his vision and his heart. And next time you know, we started going to that church. And next thing you know, I started making friends. And next thing I know, there were volunteers and people who started believing in me and loving me, even though I was just a punk kid. Uh, they seemed to have patience with me. And in that church, in those ministries, if you will, is where I really discovered Christ. My faith story started. And those people challenged me. They had a wonderful youth group and a youth pastor, and they had some fun sponsors, and I liked it there. And before I knew it, I made lifelong friends that I've been journeying with ever since because all of our faith stories started in that church because of a neighbor's invitation. I would say that changed the course of my life. Well, we've been talking about stories in this short series before our fall series because stories are important. Everybody has a story, your past, your experiences, etc. One of the questions is, do you have a faith story? Do you have a spiritual story where you connected and maybe journeying with Christ? Last week, Pastor Eric talked about how important it is to develop other people's stories, So when we volunteer and when we help encourage people in the church, outside the church, we're really helping develop their faith story or even their life. I think back of this home church I grew up in, and it was like my second home. You know, I had to maybe pretend at school and I had a battle out there. But when I came to my church, it was my second home. I could just be myself because I know people unconditionally loved me, prayed for me, and developed me by volunteering and encouraging me. So it's important to develop other people's stories when we serve, when we volunteer. But today we're going to be focusing on helping someone discover their own faith story, their own faith story. There's a really cool story in the first chapter of the Gospel of John that talks about this, helping someone start their faith story. It has to do with two friends, Philip and Nathaniel, And we can start reading about it in verse 43. Now, Jesus has come on the scene. He's now 30. Um, These young men, Philip and Nathaniel, uh, grew up in a Jewish society. They went to the synagogues, went through all their training. And uh, and part of Judaism is to have rabbis, these ministers, if you will. And so rabbis would go around and try to find some students. They call them disciples who would learn from them. And so now Jesus is starting to find, wanting to find some disciples, some, some students. And John records it this way. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip. He doesn't know Philip, but he sought out Philip. Other translations said that, that he found Philip and he said to him, follow me. In other words, you want to be one of my students, my disciples, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. They probably knew each other casually. And Philip found Nathanael. Now, in other Gospels, Nathanael is identified as Bartholomew, but John likes to term him as Nathanael. And so Philip found Nathanael. And this is what he said to his friend Nathanael. We have found the one. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. 
We have found that one. So all, all of a sudden, Nathaniel's like, are you talking about what they taught us in school? When they were, the rabbis were telling us that there would be this, this Messiah for our people uh, because their Bible is only Old Testament, the, the Torah especially, and the Moses spoke about it and the prophets spoke about it, but there would be this divine person, the, the son of David, the son of God, and it would uplift their nation and bring them back to prominence, and there'd be something divine, something very unique about this person. And here his friend Philip is like, hey, we found this one. He, he's the one, his name is Jesus of Nazareth. He's from the town of Nazareth. His nickname is Jesus the Nazarene, and he's the son of Joseph. Maybe they knew who this Joseph was. He had, his dad had a reputation of being this carpenter, and it's like, oh, he's from that other town, um, Nazareth. Now here, Nathaniel's been searching all his life, hoping that there would be something extraordinary, some person. All his life, he's just been kind of searching and looking going to the synagogue, trudging through life, trying to find the, follow the religious rules. And I think he kind of identifies some of us sometimes. We're just going through life. We're trying to be good. We're trying to do some kind of religious activities. But is that all there is? It's just rules and religion? Or is there something that's more unique, something that's more supernatural, something that's personal to us, this, this person, this icon we see in our society today, a lot of people are searching. People are experimenting with, with different activities. And maybe they're trying to find the love of their life. If I could just find that love of their life, that will fulfill all my needs. Some people say, you know, I, I, I have my career together. I got my health together, but something's missing. Maybe there's some religion. Maybe I'll, I'll try a, a yoga or Zen or, or something to fulfill something deeper. Our friend Aaron Rodgers, you know, he needed some guidance, so he went on a darkness retreat, right, to find some spirituality, to find some direction in his life. We're all kind of searching. So was Nathaniel, and all of a sudden, his friend Philip shows up and says, hey, I've found the supernatural. I've found this Messiah. He's going to be the king of the Jews, the one that we were taught about. And Nathaniel was so disappointed. He's like, Jesus the Nazareth, from Nazareth, the son of, of Joseph? Are you, are you kidding me? He responds, Nazareth, can anything come from here, uh, there? Nazareth, you know, everybody knew that town. It was kind of like a podunk town, blue collar, not very sophisticated. And you're telling us the, the Messiah, the people, the king of our people, he grew up there. I, I've heard of his dad, Joseph. I, I don't know. He was very skeptical, understandable. It was controversial for someone to claim, hey, I've found the Messiah. You, you thought you'd hear more about it than just some guy from the, the town next door. Sometimes that's how people view the church, the Christianity today. If you say, hey, man, I know Jesus. I, I know about this church, this Christianity. And a lot of people are like, really? Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I've, I've heard about Christianity. I used to go to a church and had some bad experiences, right? And they can might cite something. Well, I, there's a lot of scandals, the headlines. You can't trust those preachers. Uh, you know, I know someone that says they're a Christian, but they don't live as a Christian. And a lot of times they're kind of weird and, and know things. There's just some skepticism. But Philip said, come and see. Come and see anyway. I know you're not really big on them, but come and see. Check them out, right? Just kind of test drive Jesus from Nazareth. And because of this small invitation, 
Nathaniel's faith story, faith story and his course of life would be drastically changed. So they trudge off and to find Jesus. And John says in verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Oh, here truly is an Israelite whom there is no deceit. And all of a sudden, that just kind of shocked Nathanael. What, what are you talking about? How, how do you know me? You're truly this Israelite. And Jesus knew his heart. He knew that he was a young man trying to follow the rules. He apparently was dedicated to his faith to some degree. And he was a person of integrity. And so Nathaniel says, well, how do you know me? We, we've never met before. Ah, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Let's just, let's just hone in on that phrase, I saw you. Just sit on that for a little bit. Nathaniel, you didn't think anybody was seeing you, cared about you, but I saw you. And my point is that Jesus sees every one of us. I saw you sitting under that fig tree. It's very common as people were out in the marketplace, they would try to find some refuge under shade trees and fig trees. And, and maybe Jesus saw him there. May, who knows? Maybe Nathaniel's there with his Torah. He's kind of reading the Bible the best he could. Maybe he saw him interacting with some merchants and he wasn't going to do anything uh, sly and he was having, practicing some honesty. And, and Jesus said, oh, I saw you. I, I saw you. Because in Christ's heart, he loved Nathaniel. I know you. And my friends, he knows you also. He knows me. He knows what's behind the scenes. He knows our thoughts. He knows our hopes. He knows our heartbreaks. He knows the issues what we're wrestling with. He knows our dreams. And right there, old Nate got it. Right there, his faith story began. It awakened something connected. For once, someone knows me. Not just on my outer, not just for my accolades or my awards or my failures, but my heart. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I believe that you are the Messiah that our prophets were talking about. I am connected with you. And Jesus responded back. You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Jesus started predicting and prophesying when Nathaniel would be experiencing later in his life. Right there, his faith story started. And right there, his whole course of life would be changed. And he would be part of the greatest movement of human history because Jesus saw him. Now, friends, I share this story because it ought to motivate us and compel us to find someone we can share about Christ, or at least invite them. Because one little invitation can make a big difference. One little invitation, you never know how big of a difference it can make. Let, let's consider that if we are a follower of Jesus, if you sang that song, if you took the, the elements, and you would consider yourself a convinced Jesus follower, then you're the Philip. And Jesus is asking you to find your friend, your Nathaniels, your acquaintance, or, or someone that you could invite to say, come and see, come and see. 
Now, we don't have Jesus live here to come and see, but we have his body, we have his spirit in a, in a local church here. But a lot of times, we kind of hesitate to invite someone to come and see Jesus. We're, we're not really sure. Sometimes we hesitate to give them an invite because maybe, you know, ah, they're doing okay, right? Look, they got a nice house and nice career and everything. They don't need Jesus. We might say, well, you know, they probably don't want anything to do with church. You know, a lot of people out there are skeptical of the church. You know, what, what good could come out of church, right? Like Nathaniel, right? Sometimes we're a little fearful of the awkward conversation, if we have an invitation to say, hey, would you like to come to our, our, our church, you know, uh, they might say, oh, who are you? And so we want to do that, and so we avoid that. So sometimes we hesitate because when we look at our own life, we don't have much spiritual confidence. If we said, hey, would you like to come to our church in a couple of weeks? They might say, you go to church? <laughs> because our lifestyle doesn't match up with our invitation, so we hesitate. And for honest, sometimes we just forget. We're just busy doing good things, right? And, oh, man, I forgot to invite someone. I forgot to, to really be intentional or put it on my task list. But what if, what if there are people like Nathaniel sitting under trees thinking on deeper things? Yeah, I, I have done a lot of fun things in my life. I got some accomplishments. But, you know, I've really not fulfilled. I still have some dissatisfaction. What's going on? Could there be some people searching for something deeper? Could there be that people want to explore faith? We have people that comment through our online or people that come attend here and they're like, hey, I'm just kind of shopping. I'm just kind of trying to explore who God is, who, who, what church is about. We realize that, that a lot of times people are not going to be rude if you invite them. Most people are just polite. Thank you, uh, maybe, and, and goodbye. It's not going to be too awkward. And when we think about inviting, come and see, and we might be a little insecure in our own example of, of Christianity, maybe this is a challenge to say, hey, maybe I need to step it up in my lifestyle, my choices. So at work or school, if I ever invited someone to church, my lifestyle would match up to that word church or, or Christianity. And for me, I a lot of times have to put it on my task list or, or, or keep one of these invites in my car or my briefcase. So, it's, so I always have it available and reminds me, hey, be sure to invite someone and help them out. See, I'm convinced that Jesus makes life better and makes us better at life. I'm passionate about this. Jesus changed my life. I've seen too many people have their life changed. And I think the dirty little secret out there is a lot of times there's a lot of brokenness in our society. I would submit to you that a lot of times people avoided Jesus and they're going to do their own thing and they're just striving through life. And the next thing you know, there is collisions and there is damage and there is failure. But Jesus' whole story is to redeem the failures, the sin, the brokenness, and redeem us to be more like him. I would suggest to you that we live in a very um, slowly collapsing culture, that there, the big squeeze is on. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of harshness. There's a lot of complications. And we are bombarded every day with messages, and it tears us up in our inner life and in our emotional life. Uh, families are under attack. Marriages are under attack. And there's... there's uh, 
concussions and issues out there. And here Jesus is like, hey, I want to give you a new story. I want to make your life better. And it starts with me. And I want to make you better at life and relationships, etc. I was um, stricken a couple months ago reading a, a, a headline from a, a doctor in New York, a cancer doctor well-accomplished doctor. The headline was basically she took her life and at the same time she took her life of her daughter at the same time. And in the, in the article, it talked about how accomplished she was. She was a beautiful, successful young lady. She was doing a lot of good work and all of a sudden she, did, she took her daughter's life and her life and everyone in the community was shocked. I'm shocked. I didn't even know her. And I'm thinking, how could this be? How could this lady that had the world by the tail, that everyone was like, you are successful, you have it all together, look how beautiful your life is, something internally was not right, so bad, that she took two lives. What's going on? My friends, that's why here at Faithbrook, every fall, we purposely plan to have a kickoff. This is a special Sunday that we want to encourage you to have a great reason to invite someone to Faithbrook, to invite someone to come and see, to invite someone to hear the gospel, the good news of, of Jesus Christ, because a little invitation can make a big difference. And we love to stay here at Faithbrook. We pull out all the stops, right? We have our guest service team wanting to welcome your friend that comes in. We're going to have some bouncers and games for the kids. We have our, our food trucks. The music's going to be great. The, the coffee's going to be uh, awesome, right? And we want you to have the confidence to say, come with me. September 17th for our, our kickoff. It's going to be a great time. Just like Philip invited Nathaniel to come and test and check out Jesus. Now that Sunday, we're going to start a new series you'll see on your little invitation, right? It's called Game Plan, Winning Strategies for Your Life. I would suggest a lot of times we have our own game plan. We, we think we, got it, we know it all and we can figure it out and, and we got strategies for our own life, but a lot of times it's not sufficient. Sometimes we get ourselves in trouble. Sometimes we have a lot of regrets and Jesus is standing over there saying, man, I got a new game plan for you. And a lot of that game plan is in the Bible that can give you a better life and make you better at life. This is what the heart was for Jesus with Nathaniel. Jesus finally got an audience with Nathaniel and he says to him, I know you, I saw you. And by the way, Nathaniel, I got a game plan for you. See, in Jesus's heart and also in this church's heart, everyone is important. There's 7 billion people on this globe, but Jesus sees each one, sees you. He saw Nathaniel and he sees you and he sees your friend because you are important and he went on the cross to die for you. He loves you. He believes in you. I'm going to share this story um, on the kickoff, probably open my message. I've never shared before what I was going to share two weeks from now. But uh, it has to do with an experience a couple weeks ago. My son, Logan, is trying to play football at, at the, his school. He's ninth grade. They got the C team. And so he, they, the coach wanted to have a parents meeting. 
right? So they invited the varsity coach to come and sit with these ninth grade parents and, and the varsity coach sharing about his philosophy and the program and welcome. And, and he shares. And then he says, you know, uh, last year, our ninth grade team uh, coaches uh, led that team to be, I think it was like seven and one, eight and one, seven and one. They won almost all their, their games. Like, yeah. And then he says, but I fired him. My head pops up. Yeah, I fired him. And we're like, well, why'd you do that? They were winners. He says, I fired them because they didn't develop all the players. They only used the best 11 players and the rest of the kids just sat on the bench. And when they wanted to move up in the program, most of them quit because the coach didn't see their potential and was willing to develop them. My friends, this is Jesus' heart. Jesus wants to develop every person. Some people are are A players. Some people are the best. They're playing all the time. But Jesus sees Nathaniel's under the trees and says, you know what? I see you on the bench. You might be on the end of the bench, but I got a game plan for you. I got a heart for you. I got a a mission for you and a purpose for you. And that's where we're going on the, the 17th. And for Nathaniel, his game plan would start and he would experience one of the most amazing transformations in world history. So through Jesus' resurrection, time would be split because Nathaniel was there when Jesus did the miracles to feed the 5,000. Nathaniel was there when Jesus walked on water. Nathaniel was there when it seemed like the world was collapsing with Jesus' death, but three days later, he would raise from the dead and authenticate himself as the one true God. He was there. Nathaniel was there. When the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples and infused them with God's love and passion and holiness. And he was there when the church just started flourishing and growing. He was all a part of that because one friend took the time to invite him. Come and see. I think I've found something and I'd like for you to be part of it. Because one little invitation can make a big difference, especially in our faith stories. I see this a lot, how people invited people and made a difference. There are people viewing us today. There's people in our congregation today. They came because a friend gave them an invitation. Uh, There was a lot of people that came last uh, kickoff that has been with us all year. But someone has triggered you. Someone has invited you and your faith story has begun because they invited I was impressed last week. I was on vacation. I was visiting one of our sister churches and they were in worship and they had a flutist, a female flutist on the stage. She had her little flute and man, she's just going to town with that flute and the guy's guitar and all this kind of stuff. And this, this lady's like tearing it up, man. This lady's just woo, woo, woo. She's harmonizing and improvising and it was beautiful. I mean, when's the last time you saw a flutist really just adding to the worship, right? And she was like, amazing. I'm like, wow, okay, I really enjoyed her and it was really good thing. So after the service, I'm talking to the pastor. I was like, where'd you get the flutist? I was like, she was amazing. He's like, you know what? Um, we didn't even know her. She didn't know us. But the story is, is that she was dog sitting for some person and they started talking and uh, the, the flutist asked, you know, I'm looking for a church. And the owner of the dog didn't even go to our church, said, you know, I've, I've heard about the church down the street. I've heard some good things. Uh, you ought to check out that, that church. And she came. The people welcomed her. 
We found out that, she, that she's a professional flutist for the St. Paul Orchestra, I think, something, something like that. And she was willing to provide for her, her talents and it adds so much to our worship. And I'm thinking to myself, one little invitation, one little reference made a big difference. It also made a big difference for my wife, Terry. Um, some of you know, maybe some of you don't, but she didn't grow up in a Christian home. Her parents wasn't in the church, and so she was a shy little girl just kind of surviving in the suburbs of, of St. Louis. And one day in high school, a classmate invited her to her local church. They had a little youth group, and so my wife's like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And so she came one Wednesday night and didn't think it was too bad. It was kind of fun, and those kids kind of accept her. And then, and then she said, well, I'm not doing anything on Sunday mornings. And she came to Sunday morning, and those people welcomed her. She was, she was a little bit nervous, right? But it wasn't too odd. And, and next thing you know, they're joking around with her and they're just including her and befriending her. And she says, man, this, is, this place is welcoming. At, at, at school, you got to perform and you got to toe the line. But here, I could just be myself. And she kept coming back, kept coming back. Eventually, she got uh, part of that church. She went on to camp. She, she received Christ at this camp and her faith story started. And her faith started growing. And then she wanted to go to a Christian college. And that's where we met. And, and, and because of one little invitation from a classmate, hey, come and see, would you like to come to my church? She took advantage of that and came. And her life was drastically changed. Thank God, because I got to meet her. And now next week, we're going to be celebrating 35 years of marriage because someone, amen. Because some little classmate took the courage and said, hey, we got a youth group. I got a little church. We're not perfect, but I'd like for you to come and check it out. Just like Philip did with Nathaniel. See, my friends, we are the Philips. If we claim to be Christ's followers, and Christ came all the way down from heaven to this earth and died on a cruel cross for us to help share that, to invite people to discover Jesus Christ, that their faith story would be discovered and start growing. We don't have to be a seminary graduate or the preacher or, or, or dramatic, but we can just be a friend to say, hey, would you like to come? Uh, we're having a special Sunday, 17th. You can't come then. We're starting a series about uh, uh, strategies for winning in life. I think you'd find the Faith Brook is pretty uh, comfortable. Uh, there's welcoming people. The pastor's a little odd, but uh, they're not too weird there. Come and check it out. Do you know of anybody who might need a little invitation encouragement? Maybe someone that's not currently walking with Jesus. Maybe they faded out of church and you might have, just take that step to pray for that person, to invite that person. So I want to challenge you, challenge you with two prayers. Two prayers. To pray for opportunity and to pray for courage. Pray for opportunity and to pray for courage. Some of you might say, man, I don't know who to invite. I've, I've invited everybody. Uh, I don't know anybody. And that's why we need to pray. God, would you help bring someone to mind that I can invite? Maybe, maybe it won't even be this month, but maybe in two months. Someone that might you work with or family or community somewhere that might need an invitation. Uh, there's a family that's moved into our neighborhood around the corner. I ride my bike um, often, and I see this dad playing with these kids. I don't know him, but we wave to each other, and I just said, you know what? I'm going I'm to stop by next time and just introduce myself, welcome to the community, and give them an invitation to our church. We also need to pray for courage. 
Because it takes a little bit of risk. It takes a little gumption to step out and, and say, hey, if you don't have a, a home church, I'd like to invite you to a church. Uh, just the other day, there was a father that came through the doors. He was filling an application for the daycare. And uh, I thought, hey, here's my opportunity. Uh, there was an invitation right there. I said, hey, if you don't have a home church, I'd love to invite you to our kickoff. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. A lot of stuff for the kids. And he said, thank you very much. We, we don't have a church right now. Maybe moved into the area or something. Somewhere, we got to pray for opportunity and pray for courage. I think about my life, how it was drastically changed because of that neighbor, his name was Carl Mullies, who invited my parents. And because of that invitation, my life was changed. I think about the, the teenage classmate that invited my wife, and because of that little invitation, Big changes happened and affected my life even today. God wants you to be that Philip. He wants me to be that Philip. So let's stand and close out and pray for opportunity and courage. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you believe in every person. You see every Nathaniel out there that might be searching, looking, hurting. You see him sitting under the tree, and you don't want him sitting at the bench, into the bench. You want to develop them and invest in them. Thank you that you died on the cross, that you can redeem brokenness. You can give us new starts and new ways. So help open up our minds, God, to someone that we could invite, someone that needs a little bit of invitation, someone needs a little bit of encouragement. I pray miracles would happen that even this week, there might be someone they bump into um, they, and we happen to have an invitation on us or they can email or, or text an invitation to say, hey, come September 17th. We've got a great Sunday and a new series, Pastor Jim's in the start. Give us the courage to do that because we know that you make life better and you make us better at life. We pray these things in the power of your name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen.